Anya said this past Latanya Yola Fuck known as Pastor Tan. It has been a lot going on. And I mean, honestly, God is good all the time. And I'm so glad that he is still on the throne. Amen. Now, I'm starting to see a lot more patterns of just people passing away at a young age. And to be honest with you, it's alarming rates right now. And a lot of the times you're starting to see, um, in most cases now, humanity is starting to have their hearts to wax cold. And it's, it's, it's hard to see. It's, it's hard to read. It's just hard. I mean, as a human being, you know, you have to start realizing that God is still speaking to us and we need to start listening more. And it, it, it's just how, as a person, you're starting to see your own country hitting rock bottom because of the individuals, because of the nation, the, the people that's running it to, and it's, it's, it's just mirroring what the word of God is saying is that, you know, just to paraphrase, if kings and queens, the people that are ruling over the children of Israel are wicked. A lot of times the nation will go down because of the covenant with God and they're not sustaining the covenant with God. So their whole entire being, whole entire mindset, their whole entire actions are evil. It it sets a tone in the nation. And I thought, you know, that's very important. And just having that time to understand and to digest everything, it, it gives me like the shivers because you have to wrap yourself around it all. And it, 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 I never wanted to ever see our nation like this, but it's becoming a, a pattern and a tone and a voice that is, it's, it's so hard to, look away. But I'm grateful and thankful that God gives us those little inklings of him still there. He He still lets us view all the different things that he is willing to, you know, operate in the spirit and in the physical, his manifestations of his love, his mercy, his kindness, his forgiveness. I mean, his grace, so mercy, it it just astounds me at the same exact time. And I am so grateful for the Bible study we had last night with the individuals that came. It was just God was there and present with me and my husband and having to have discussions. And I mean, it's mind blowing. So to me, I appreciate it. And to all that were, you know, participating, and I know that God is going to do the increase. I thank him for that. Now, I wanted to also address, you know, we have been very astutely blessed beyond measure in this podcast. I mean, I'm just going to say it like I mean it. To me, it's just, it's, it's a blessing to know 
that what you put your labor into that God is being able to be able to multiply it and give you all the different things that you need, all the different uh, patterns of him and being able to have the word to go international is huge. So I'm grateful and thankful for that also. But I wanted to go back because I went back into my notes to update some things. And we were talking about before we even got into the into the main, you know, meat and potatoes. There was another side dish that, you know, I was addressing that God brought it back to my remembrance. And we were talking about Moses and we were talking about the archangel. And I went back into the book of Jude, J-U-D-E. And it was talking about in the first chapter, the ninth verse, and it was talking about the archangel. And it was Michael that had a, a lovely discussion, a lively discussion. Honestly, it was, it was an argument, but I love that it was lively. And also it was loving because it sat there and it set the tone for not just how Moses was, but also how God and Moses relationship, you can see it in volumes and how the archangel Michael was able to sit there and he honestly did it the way that God wanted it to be done. And me and my husband was having discussions on how it was. And, you know, as the enemy was attacking Moses's character, you know, instead of agreeing with the Satan, the archangel, excuse me, Michael said to the, said to him, the Lord rebukes you, Satan. And I love how you can see that there was just side conversations about this and how, you know, because God has sat there in Genesis, he went and he sat there and he went, no, excuse me, not just Genesis, but he all through Genesis, all through Deuteronomy, you see the relationship in how Moses and how God was so intermingled and so close and so intimate that when he passed away, God took Moses and buried Moses and Satan could have used his body as an idol to the people of Israel to, you know, he could have used it in so many different ways, but I'm grateful that God took him. And because of their relationship, God wanted to secure what he had in, in the relationship and the character that Moses had and kept it intact so much so that the archangel Michael agreed with the Lord and that he wasn't going to sit there and go against what God said. And he knew the characteristics of Moses. And I love how both of them, God and Archangel Michael was so in tune with each other that he said, the Lord rebukes you, Satan. And it's just that, you know, I, I don't know how you, you know, can't top that because you see that, you know, God says that I have so many angels in charge over you. And that's in the word. But you see that they start looking and seeing about your life 
And when I know that it comes time that they they see the character of you and they see your downfalls and they see you uprising and they see all of the humility, the grace and the mercy. I mean, they see the leadership, they see the humbleness, they 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 witness firsthand how many times you've fallen and gotten back up. And I like how all of that it just sinks in that we should be the same and try to do what God says do. Try to be able to be in sync with God and also do what he says do and be faithful from the get-go. And you won't have to worry about what anybody, what Satan says and what he tries to put a counsel against you. Man, you know, it just, I I don't know how good it can get because if God knows your character and and he knows your downfalls and your your rising up and he knows who you are, it, it shows through. And even, you know, even when so many different things come up against you, God is still going to testify on your behalf. Jesus is going to testify on your behalf because he knows you from the beginning to the end. And I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And I don't know about you, but man, that makes me feel good because if, if Moses can get you know, that type of relationship with God. What about us? What about how, how, how our relationship can become so in depth in God that even when he speaks, you listen to him, that the very nature of you and him, I mean, that's like close like Enoch. And I mean, man, it's, I don't know about you, but I know I talk about Enoch a lot, but it's just so, it's so much meat and potatoes, even though you know, he walked with God and he walked with him so much that God said, you know what? I, in paraphrase, not like of you, let me go ahead and take you with me. I, I don't know. I don't know how good it, you know, it can't get any better than that. But, you know, I'm just saying just, you know, something positive to start off our morning. But, you know, it's just the relationship with God and how God had that relationship with Moses and then Archangel Michael, how he has that relationship with God. I mean, that's like, you know, you can't touch that. You you really can't. So just to let you know, you know, I have made some mistakes. Please forgive me. I need to go back and research it. I need to go back and dig down deep to a lot of different things. So I just want to give you that update, letting you know that, yes, I'm human. I get things wrong, but I'm asking y'all, please forgive me. And I thank you so much for giving me that time to go back and uh, research it. So now let's go ahead and get into the, the actual meat and potatoes. Um, but that was just like a side, you know, appetizer, but it's still a good chunk of meat that we needed to know because sometimes, you know, different books in the Bible will give you just side conversations that we don't even know about. But then, you know, it gives you a glimpse into how the day-to-day operations work. And just like, you know, you have conversations, God and, and, and Satan has conversations. 
And I like how the next book, it was opening up a whole different type of conversation about how God is and how, you know, how a lot of the interaction between God and Satan can can cause a whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot of things to happen. And man, it just, it boggles your mind and blows your mind at the same exact time. But then, I mean, just like Moses, God had favor and, and, and just has that, that understanding that, Hey, we, I know this person is going to get through this. I know this individual is going to be there for me and he's not going to do this or he's not going to do that. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, man, let's go into, and it's another part of this series, you know, we have the Bible to teach us the lesson, not be the lesson, all right? And I was talking a little bit, and if you don't know, now I'm going to let you know, it was Job. And we can look into the little bit of the conversation but who I wanted to hit on, and even though it seemed like a lesser character, is his wife, Job's wife. And uh, but before I get into Job's wife, man, let's go into uh how it came to be. So I'm gonna go into Job chapter two and verse two of the King James Version. But you know what? Let's go up to uh Job chapter two, and then the first verse. But before that, I'm asking you, grab your uh, pen, get you your Bible, and also get your journals or your your um, your note-taking journals, whatever you have. And let's go ahead and get into this because I want you to take your notes, kind of get it into you where you need to be able to grasp what God has taught you or what you pull from the scriptures. Because as I'm reading, there's a whole lot of, you know, bits and pieces that God gave me. And I mean, you can reread it, reread it for yourself and get more things out of it. Amen. But I just wanted to let you know that. You know, the lessons in the Bible is to teach us and not for us to be the lesson. All right. Not to repeat the same things that we see in the Bible and then having to go out and make the same mistakes or make the become problematic (laughs) to say the least of the things or ignorant of the things that are in the word and you can learn from them. So let's just get into it. Job chapter two, uh, starting at the first verse. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Verse two, and the Lord said unto Satan, from whence cometh thou? And Satan answered the Lord saying, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Verse three, and the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou not considered, excuse me, hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, 
a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Oh, y'all, you know, within those very three, three verses, my mind was blown on the first one. Like when you saw and you, I mean, like my whole entire brain went to, you know, you picture in the heavens how God, you know, there was a day that the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came with them. I'm like, I'm, my mind is blown. Like Satan can come and, and, and talk to God and, and be there and then have the, you know, then they can have conversations like we do. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like, say what? Like, huh? and it's like, man, like, like I know God and it says in the word that God created everything. God created it. But it's just so mind blowing to have the doctor dialogue between God and Satan going on and how God sits there and, you know, Satan's sister, I'm coming, you know, to and fro, you know, looking and seeking, you know, just, I mean, the dialogue is like, wow, like, man, like, like you got to pause for a few minutes and sink that in. And then like, you know, he sits there, God, I mean, and he, he's like, Hey, you know, have you considered my servant Job? And he's pointing all these characteristics out. He's pointing everything, you know, and He's like, you know, and even though, you know, you, I mean, let's go. Let me, let me just, he, and it says it right here. It says that, and, and, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou moveth me against him to destroy him without cause. Like you come up and you're trying to do what God says do. And then Satan goes to heaven and talks about you. Hey, this is what they're doing. This is what. You know, there, this is, you know, and, and still God is like, nope, I'm not doing that. I know their intentions. I know their heart. They're going to forgive. They're going to, they're going to ask for forgiveness. They're going to do this and do that. I mean, man, you, you got to really sit back. You got to really sit back and say, wait a minute. Did this conversation happen? Did, you know, and I mean, it's just, I don't know how you, you know what I mean? Let's pause for a few minutes. It's like, hmm, like. God is going to bat for us against Satan. And he's like, you know, defending us in open, I mean, like way open and we don't even realize it. And then we have an, uh, have an advocate, which is son Jesus that is there, you know, pleading our case before God, man, y'all, y'all don't understand the full validity when I like, you know, we know a court system and you have the prosecutor, which is Satan. And then you have the defense, which is Jesus. And constantly they're battling, constantly talking. You know, he'll go up to heaven and say, hey, they did this and this and this. You know, can I have them? You know, I mean, it's just that's mind blowing. It's like, wow. And, you know, I know you probably saying your head, wait a minute, like, you know, pastor, prophetess, like you never knew, 
you know, sometimes you got to go back and remind yourself and, you know, God reminds you daily of things. So I've read it before, but it's just like, you know, it's like a new take on everything that you know. It's like, man, okay. It's like, you never, like you've been to this place before and you seen the sights and sounds, but once you come back a second or a third time, you find something new or you find something just so like mind blowing, like, 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 so I don't know how you like, it's just like, was it there? Was that there before? Or I'm just noticing it, you know, kind of a thing. So I know we're, you know, on this for like a couple of more minutes, but I'm just saying y'all pause and reflect on that. And you tell me, give me some feedback on that. Amen. All right. Let me go ahead and, 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 um, keep going. All right. And then verse four and Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yea, all that a man haveth, he will give for his life. What he's honestly saying is that all that you have blessed him with Lord, he's going to be able to, as soon as you remove that from him, He's going to sit there and he's going to leave you. And I believe that a lot of times when Satan comes in and he proposes all of this stuff, do you understand? He can be really slick, really, really, you know, deceptive and deceiving people. But let's just read on. And verse five, and put forth thy hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. Verse six, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. Oh, come on now. God said, okay, we're going to see. So he said, and the Lord said unto say, behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. All right. Verse seven. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the soil of his feet unto his crown. And before all of this, go back to verse chapter one and you'll start seeing that Job had lost a whole lot of things. And I'm just going to paraphrase it right there. But let's go on. So the soils, this is the soil boils. And when I say soil boils, it is he has to scrape his whole entire body because the boils were so hot and so had to sit in coals and ash and I mean his body from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet oh my god it had to be so uncomfortable so just I mean your whole entire body you you can't get comfortable in it and I mean the whole entire atmosphere has changed and two, he used to be rich and in everything and all of that was taken from him. And now his whole entire health has declined to the point that he has sore boils on his on his hands, his feet, his head, his face. I mean, all the way down. You you got to understand. Let's think about it. It's like worse than, you know, bug bites is worse than, you know, like just, 
you know, you having a pimples coming on, it's huge. And they weigh on you. And all you can do is just scrape them off for some type of relief and they will come back on you. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. That is just, I mean, even now my body is like aching, like, you know, like just the thought of it is just, oh my God, it, 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 it doesn't do us justice of how much Job had to endure. And still yet you got to understand Oh my, it's like a, it's like a second segue into what Job had to go through. I mean, mentally, Job was already just, you know, ravaging through his psychological mind. Like I lost this, I lost that. I lost, you know, my children. I lost my land. I lost my, my cattle. I lost my household, my home. I mean, everything that Job had, he was losing. And now he lost his his health. And then you come into verse eight, and he took him a pot stroll to scrape himself with withdrawal. And he sat down amongst the ashes. It is it's a powerful thing and humbling. And oh my goodness, it's just it's so much of mind, body, and soul. And God, when you go through those types of lifestyles and having to change and having all of those. And you're going to go through those times. You're going to go through those, oh, those ways of God sitting there. And he's like, you know, do you consider my servant and put your name in it? I mean, you never know how God is going to have the enemy to test you. But when you go through it, knowing that God will bring you through it, I'm going to say that one more time because Job's character remained intact. Job's character, yes, he questioned God and he got dragged um, for a couple of chapters. But after that, his senses, you know, really like hmm, it brightened up. It, it, it took him a bit, but, you know, God had to come in and tell him, you know, were you there? And man, he got the, uh, how can I say it? It's like he got pimp slapped in broad daylight. He, he, he got the, he got the business from God. But, you know, this is just a brief overview of Job. You need to go and, you know, read it for yourself. But let's just go back into this because this was juicy. And this, and then verse eight, and he took him a pot stew to scrape himself withdrawal and he sat down amongst the ashes my god i mean this is humility at all types of level and then here it comes verse 9 then says his wife unto him dost thou still retain thy integrity curse god and die now job's wife when she said this man in my spirit i mean this person has had children with you this person has had you know all the royalties, all these different things with you. And to have this to come out of her mouth, it just, 
her character spoke volumes. You know, just how could you say that? Especially when God is giving you so much. And even when it looks dark and deep, he has given you breath in your body, activities of your limbs. And we don't know the reason why, you know, as, and we know because we have that third, you know, view of the whole entire spectrum of what happened in the conversation. But at this time, Job didn't know and his wife didn't know. So when she came into the picture, even though they only named her Job's wife, even though it was a minor, may seem a minor thing, but to me as being a wife to my husband for 24 years, this ain't minor. This is huge and major. I mean, to me, this is like Eve having, you know, sat there and was deceived by the serpent. This is like monumental to me. And also it was personal to Job because this was someone that you shared your whole entire life with, whether it be for years, because it seems like, you know, years, how much Job has acquired and she was able to benefit from it. And I mean, I don't know about you, but he, she's supposed to be covering. She's supposed to be someone that is supposed to, you know, Job is supposed to confide in and, you know, pray for and, I mean, the whole, I mean, the whole thing. And now you're starting to see her character or how she thinks. And, you know, you're going to keep, you know, being like this. Like, you're going to hold fast. You're not going to say anything. And your integrity, that's who you are. That's your character. And, you know, when she said that, it was just like, really? You saying that to Job at this moment? Like, come on. And, I mean, it was like, you know, this was, she was the example of unfaithfulness, like ungodly wisdom, you know, unbecoming of a, of a wife, of a spouse. I mean, not a sound, you know, partner in in this time of trouble i mean that was just something like a slap in the face like really you're gonna be like this and you you have to understand in a marriage you're gonna have ups and downs ins and outs you're gonna have those times where you honestly are you know questioning god for a hot second but then your spiritual human i know that they did not have the holy ghost but at that time dwelling in them, but I would honestly, you know, after a, a few, like just a second, and we have those times when we question God, but man, I would be like, no, he's, he's brought us through so much. I can't quite, no, I'm, my faith has to kick in. My whole entire understanding needs to kick in. My, 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 my life is surrounded by who God is and whom he has been able to provide, protect. I mean, the very breath that I have, I have to trust him then. And it may not be something that is, you know, common for people, but I mean, come on. When are you going to trust God? When are you not going to be like a doubting Thomas because you didn't see he actually got up? You didn't see, you know, the nails in his hands. And man, I, I was like shaking my head like, you honestly going to do this right now? You honestly are going to sit there and be the stumbling block in his life 
when he honestly needs somebody to be sitting there and praying for him and, 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 and asking, you know, you can go and ask God and that's okay, but you need to be trusting him and saying, God, I don't understand why I'm going through this, but you have a purpose and a will for me to, to go through this. So I'm going to go through it. I may not understand what's going on and maybe something might, I might've did something wrong, but God, I'm asking you for, to forgive me. Uh, and humble yourself and, and know that God is going to bring you through it and try to be able to put and, and make sure that your husband, your spouse, that you're going to pull them up. And even if it's not a spouse relationship, I'm talking about just friendship within itself too. That's your best friend. That's the person that you really wanted to spend your life with. So that's why you went into a covenant, a holy matrimony. You don't want to just sit there and not sit there and cover your your spouse. And I mean, I love that Job sat there and his rebuttal was so much was profound because he could have sat there and agreed agree with her. He, he could have sat there and said, you know what? You're right. No, he, he honestly said in verse nine, then said his wife unto him, do thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. Now his rebuttal. I love his rebuttal verse 10 but he said unto her thou speaketh as one of the foolish women speaketh what shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil and all this did not Job sin with his lips see I love that he was able to come to himself and say look you you speaking some stuff you you ain't in your right mind right now. You have bumped your head, paraphrasing, that you have sat there and honestly thinking that you can say this and not think that God will, the good that God does for us, that we're going to receive evil if we've done something wrong. See, he understood that, yes, he received the, he received good. But also, apparently, Job is a human being. He knew his place. He knew that he could have did something wrong that upset God, that angered God. And then God gave his rendering righteous judgment. See, some of us think that, hey, you know, that God is not going to be able to reward us if we if we sow or reap if we sow the evil we're going to reap evil that God is not as as much as we we sown good God is going to give us good but if we we have been out here sowing the evil that we've been doing with our lips with our minds our hearts and in 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 our souls God's going to God's going to repay us with that so Job had it right he he didn't sit there and say well you know I'm going to side with her no God God I thank you that Job was able to sit there in that moment and say you foolish woman you you ignorant woman do you understand that you know all the things that we do on this earth whether it's good or bad god is going still going to reward us he's still going to sit there and 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 sit there and say you know what if this person has done this and it's good then i'm going to give them good but if they've been obedient disobedient and they haven't done what i said do then guess what you're not going to be able to to reap 
nothing but evil. And God is just in that. I said that twice because we we forget that they always say, well, God is love. Yes, God is love, but God is jealous too. And God gets angry too. Every time that we have our, our feelings, our emotions, do you understand that God's ways are different than our ways. And he still has that righteous anger. He still has his moments when he sees us doing stuff that's wrong. But at the same exact time, he tries to give you time to, to rectify yourself, to forget, you know, ask for forgiveness and everything else. But if you have not done so, guess what? God is going to render judgment, whether good or bad. He is still genuine. It's still him. And I like how Job's character stayed intact. But his wife, his wife, like, was gonna, it was pretty much setting him up to curse God and die. I mean, come on. Y'all gotta, you gotta think before you, you talk, you speak. And that's why it says in the word of God, you know, our words either give us life or death. And she was speaking so much death to him. And I'm grateful and thankful that he rebuked her. He corrected her. And also he gave back life and he knew God. That's one thing I really do appreciate how, even though, like I said, Job didn't know all the behind the scenes action and the conversation between God and Satan, but he still was able to remain in God and stay in, in, in God's ways and in his character and his integrity, his, his whole entire being was I'm going to stay in God no matter what. I I may have done something wrong. I just don't know. But you know what? Whether When God blesses me, I'm blessed. When God curses me, I'm cursed because I've done something wrong and God is just within his time period. He's just, you can't sit there and tell me that his righteous judgment, you can't, you have no rebuttal towards it because either you done something wrong or you done something right. And even when you haven't done anything wrong at that time lately, maybe God is taking you through some some tests, some trials and tribulations in order to bring out your character. And also at the same time to elevate you, push you, to let you know what's going on, to let you know who's around you and, and your surroundings and to uproot you and to help you to grow. Whether it's to change you in a way that needs to be able to turn up the volume in your life in order for you to pray more, meditate more, fast more, get into your word more, uh, your relationship with your husband or your spouse, friends, uh, family, things like of that nature. And then also uh, God comes in and also he uproots you. He takes you out of the friends that are supposed to be your friends, but not really your friends. He takes you out of family members that say they're family, but they're not acting like family. I mean, he exposes a lot of different things in order for you to trust him more. And then at the same time, it's also to close some different things in your life, whether it be people, whether it be finances, whether it be um, job employment, whether it is a house or what have you. It's just, God wants you to take steps. And sometimes we get too comfortable 
And I saw that in the book of Job that he was, you know, comfortable, but to come and take him out of that, you know, comfort, God exposed Job to a point of where we need to be able to understand that our relationship in God is so, it has to be a firm foundation that even when the storms come, that even when, you know, my children may get killed and, you know, my household may be taken from me and all these different elements are being taken away from me. I should stand sure in whom God is in our relationship. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You need to stand sure. I mean, a firm foundation where, yes, you can talk to God and you can go to God and talk to him and question what's going on. Hey, God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. Lord, I don't know why this happened, but I'm trusting you. Lord, you saw that coming way before I did. So I'm trusting you. You can start ordering your steps in him. You can start verbalizing. Hey, God, you know, I had this situation with this person and this person was lying about me. And then the conversation exposed them, you know, and it took a left turn when it was right. I mean, you know, you, you start seeing that their whole entire character came out. God, what should I do? You know what I mean? And in that regard, I mean, God starts sitting up there and he's instructing you what to do. Now, I mean, if you honestly look at everything, the the scenarios and the different things that's going on, whether to marry this person or have the relationship or, you know, even to the point that he gives you a way of escape way before you start sinning. He gives you that. And if you take the away of escape, God is going to be there for you. God, and, and that's the problem. We don't take, we don't sit there and analyze the whole entire thing and the ramifications when we see him and how full blown it is. Now, you don't hear Job's wife anymore in the book of Job, but it's a clear indication of how you can be tipped to the point that your mind can get tainted so much that psychologically you'll sit there and say anything and you need to start realizing that your relationship with God needs to be assured way before you get to that tipping point. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And you're going to sit there and say, well, Pastor Prophetess, uh, you got all of this from reading just, you know, Job. I'm, I'm telling you from me, I read the book of Job so many times, but God puts a spin on it so much so because... You're learning from life experiences. You're learning how, you know, to speak life over your husband and your spouse, whether you have a husband or a wife, I'm learning how to speak life over them. I'm learning that, you know, the power of my tongue can be either a blessing or a curse or either. I mean, even if you're not married, just yourself, just speaking life over yourself can be a blessing or a curse. Speaking life into someone else can be a blessing or a curse. And when they're wrong, you 
honestly, you can sit there and a good friend of mine put this up. You can sit there and tell them, woman, you're wrong, but do it in love. And knowing that, you know, if you're speaking truth into them, you can say it in love and they will receive it. You don't always have to agree with them. You can disagree with them. And because you know that person loves you, you can take it. And then having that to come in and and not, not be tainted or twisted. And then God sits there and says, look because this person said it they are starting to you know they evaluated the conversation they evaluated the situation they said you know what you were wrong and take that for what it's worth and then sit there and say okay god i'm sorry go and get the situation straight and tell them thank you thank you for telling me but once you start realizing that you can't go and tell that person that they were wrong and then they go off they say this and that that that's a clear indication of their their whole entire being also that's that you don't consider them they don't consider you a friend they considered you something else lesser than that and within that god will start closing doors on that not you per se but God will sit there and say hey that's not a friend and people will start getting you know a little bit more in their feelings hey she didn't like me this and she didn't you know no and within that that's fine you gotta let them go you you have to start um focusing in on what God wanted you to do and also at the same exact time that's an unequal balance in your relationship that God is starting to address and starting to show you, hey, this person, honestly, you can be able to receive correction, but because they let their whole entire um, title or their, their, their mindset to be tainted towards you sitting there and honestly speaking or telling them the truth, that's, that's just huge. And that's, that's, I'm, I'm just giving you scenarios that can be kind of mirroring what Job and his wife were going through. And I mean, it it has to make you think and ponder with every relationship that if you don't sit there and be like, look, let me go ahead and um, kind of like ponder, kind of reflect, kind of sit there and wonder, you know, if the if I tell this person I'm wrong, you know, is it okay to tell them? And once you tell them they're wrong, are they going to receive it? Are they going to be so puffed up that you can't tell them anything? And as a friend, I don't want none of the ones that know me that close to not come and tell me, hey, Tan, you were wrong in this. Or, you know, hey, uh, Tanya, I believe you were wrong and express why they were wrong, why I was wrong, excuse me. And then have, be a woman enough, or in some cases, you know, be a man, you know, husband or wife, be man enough and sit there and say, hey, you were wrong. This is what I feel this is how you you address the situation, you know, then I have to sit there and analyze myself and say, you know what? I was wrong. God, please forgive me and say thank you. And through that, I'm learning. I'm processing all of it. And then I won't want to go back and, and become 
what I used to be, that helps me to grow and mature. But when someone else can sit there, that same person, you can go back and see where their downfall is. It, it could be, or they're going in the wrong direction and they want to keep going in that direction. The relationship is not going to work out because you're not having an open, honest, able way of communicating. And that to me, that, that kind of hurts you with respect, but also it hinders you as a friend or even a spouse because you can't go to that person and be fully disclosed on how you feel and being able to receive it and then you reject it that that's a whole different volume we're talking about a whole different level in the relationship and whether it's a spouse or whether it's a friendship or a family it speaks volumes and you have to sit there and ask God what to do because you could come stagnant because you didn't address the situation and when you address the situation then you can either go back to it or either you can sit there and say look um god give me direction on where you need for me to go give me the honest opinion of you and do I need this person in my life? And how can I be able to sit there and let them understand this is something that is huge for me, not to miss overstep you, not to sit there and, you know, want to hurt the person. That's not what I'm trying to do. All I'm trying to do is tell them the truth and hopefully they rectify it. They come back and say, I'm sorry or apologize. And then they change their ways. And as human beings, we're not always going to be right. We're not always going to have that aha moment right away. We're going to have times where we get full of ourselves or into ourselves so much we don't even want to repent. And then that becomes critical because we can develop a reprobated mind. We can develop an un unrepentive heart and mind and soul. And then that part is dangerous. And within that, so many people want to think they're self-righteous in so many different ways. It, you, 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 you just can't go back from that. And I wish that we as human beings, I'm not always going to be right. And I'm grateful and thankful that I have people that are in my corner that love me enough to tell me when I'm wrong. Love me to tell me when I'm right. Love to tell me that, you know, that the levels that you had to go through, that they sense my my anxiety, sense my 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 worries, they sense the changes. And I I'm grateful for that. And for the different losses that, you know, one can be able to have. And for the 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 triumphs that a person can have too. That's huge. So to me, even though she's not mentioned anymore, but it it was like an aha moment for me as a spouse, as a wife. And also at the same time, I can take it and also say as a friend, as a family member, you know, as whatever relationship you have, these are the things that we need to rectify, understand, know, kind of ponder it. Also, at the same time, it's thought provoking. I mean, these are discussions that you can have with your children or your spouse or anyone that is you're in a relationship with and you can this speaks volumes, especially when they're very close to you. People can say things and 
influence you and even try to manipulate you to the point that, you know, you can lose your relationship with God because of people. But then at the same exact time, what type of relationship or foundation do you have in God? And I was like, God, I was like, okay, thank you, Lord. That's something that Holy Spirit, what type of relationship do you have? Is it shaky? Do you know the voice of the Lord? Do Are you still learning the voice of the Lord? Do you talk to God like you're supposed to? Do you get in your word like you do your phone? Do you, you know, just different things come up. Do you fast? Do you pray? Do you honestly seek him and have a relationship just like Moses, just like Job? I mean, just like prophetess Deborah, Deborah, there is man or woman, it doesn't matter as long as you have relationship with him. And also at the same exact time, there are going to be days where it's like, wait a minute, God, I'm full force and I'm full blown and I have my light on and I'm doing, and I got the fire shut up in my bones. And then there are days where, you know, your, your mind and your body and your soul might say, you know what, I can skip this. I can say that, but then no, you, it's like, you know, I don't want to live without God. I don't want to be without, I don't want to exist without him because the reason why I'm here is because of him not because of my parents but because of him because he's the one that knew me in my womb he's the one that sat there and talked to me and played with me and knew who I am and gave me all these gifts and characteristics him that's that's it and 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 for whatever reason he was able to make sure that I was existing and I was still living and for that much you know for all all the things that was going on at that time and that period in, in, in my mother's life, I'm so grateful that he spared my life, that he gave me a second chance, that he still gives me second chances. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I don't know about your situation, but I'm going to tell you, we all have a second chance, especially when we sat there and we repented and we asked God to come into our lives and we we asked for him to come in and make us and mold us and shape us and 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 gave us more than enough to to keep running on. I, I don't know how to put it to you, but he has been the light in my life where there was total darkness, where I was the black sheep of the family, but now I'm the one that brought, got out of all the things that people sat there and talked bad about me that didn't think I was going to amount up to anything, that part. And I'm talking about the God of Israel, the one Elohim, El Shaddai, El Rapha, all of that. I'm talking about the one that isn't going to give up on me. He, he helps me to go through my day to day. And even then he still loves me, wraps his arms around me. When I do some things wrong, he still is there. And when I do things right, he's still there. And when I repent, he's still there. So what I'm saying is that the relationship with you and God needs to be stronger than anybody's opinion, anybody's um, comments, anybody sitting there and saying, well, you know, prophetess or pastor, you know, you should do this or you should that do that. And you should sit there and rebuke them because that's your relationship with you and God. You should sit there and honestly, especially if it's not right, 
especially if they're sitting there and your characteristic is of integrity and, and knowing who God is. It, I mean, this spoke volumes to me. And I know that it may not be what people thought like, you know, hey, we just going to go through this. No, I had to take it bit by bit, piece by piece, because later on, you know, you you have the infamous, you know, Joe's friends and all these different things that he they do and coming in and talking bad about Job in front of his face and all this other man. It was just I was like, Job can't even sink any lower. I mean, after his wife sat there and did what she did, digged into him and he had to rebuke her. You know, then his friends came up and some of these friends. I mean, these friends were downright dirty. They were wrong. So it just reflected more and more of how our relationship needs to be sound in God. It needs to be rock solid. It's like people can say whatever they want to say, but God, it's at the end, it's, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's you and God. And you need to sit there, you need to stand up and say something and rebuke them. And tell them, hey, this is this is my relationship with God, especially if they're they're acting foolish or their reply, the rebuttal is, hey, you know, you're going to still stay intact. You're going to curse God and die. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. That's the only foundation. That's a solid foundation. There is no other one that I can speak about except for God like that. I mean, people come and go and God has remained in my life for the whole entire time. And, and it's hard for people to realize that because of the relationship you have with God, you're going to lose some friends. You're going to lose some family members because you have been so devout in who God is and he changes your vernacular. He changes your ways. He changes your thought patterns. He, he gives you different things and he keeps you motivated and you're getting blessed not through Satan, but you're getting blessed through God and they can't stand it. And that's how the enemy, you know, and you see the right now, you see the wheat and the tares growing. You see the God and 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 you see his 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 children, but then you see Satan and his children, and you starting to see the great divide. You see, you know, parents going up against child their children and children going up against their parents and you you have all these different um chaos that I mean the dominance, the yeah, the principalities are 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 coming in and trying to uh, dominate, and then you see God coming in and trying to dominate, and you have that that power power struggle. You see one family member doing what God says do, having a total different lifestyle than the one that is in Satan, and then you start seeing the ramifications in that household. And it, it just, it, it becomes more profound in your life. It becomes more like, it's just more vivid and it's in color. It's in living color. And it's like, uh, some of the paintings that people have that's so famous, like, uh, Michelangelo's of the 16th chapel, it's just vivid and it's in your face and you don't know how to address it if you're not of God. But once you become of God and his child and repent and do what God says do, and you're letting him and you're walking with him and he's guiding you, 
you see in living color the difference between because in the spirit, you see the spirit and the natural. Whereas when you're walking with Satan and his and being his child, you you're only seeing the natural. You're not even seeing the spiritual. And I would say also too, I don't know um about you, but I know that because I'm a seasoned person, do you remember the 3D glasses when you went to the movies? And certain ones you can you can wear them and even though they were just a, like a little piece of um you know, paper, you would put them on, but you would start seeing like um, in different colors and you would see that it was jumping off the screen at you. And it's more like vivid in your face that you can't deny it. And that's how it is when we become saved. That's when the Holy Spirit comes in and you start seeing what people are doing and going behind the scenes in their lives and going behind the scenes and and discernment and knowing right from wrong and you know just just knowing their character and that's sometimes your gift and sometimes you you know you're starting to realize wait a minute god you know this is not right. That's not right. You know what I mean? And their mindset. I mean, it was like Job had a a vivid understanding and had to rebuke his wife saying, wait a minute, you know, all of this that God has given us and you want to sit here and you want me to curse him so I can die? No, like you, you don't realize how much he has given us and how much he has been able, my spirit, man, my soul, my, my, my flesh is at peace because I know that even if I've done something wrong or I live right, God is still just in his, his whole entire judgment because he's just God and he's righteous. He's holy. He's just. And man, I mean, this put a spin on so much that I was looking at. And I hope that this helps you to understand that we need to have the same mindset as Job, that whatever, whether we read good or read evil, we need to sit there and honestly look at ourselves, analyze ourselves from within and say, God, if there's anything that is not within you, show it to me so I can be able to take care of it. Show me me when you give me surgery from the inside out so that if I can remove it from myself, I don't ha- I don't want to be like this. Take it out of me, Lord. And also at the same exact time, let me address it before it gets worse. Let me let me know that's part of my characteristic and if I need to go talk to somebody or you know, you lead me to that person. You guide me to who I need to talk to. If I need to talk it out with you, let, you know, let me talk it out with you. And I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with talking to God. And, and to me, you know, when I talk to God, I feel better. And when I talk to, you know, the people that I confide into and everything, I I feel better. And I don't know about anyone else, but it's just like, just to have the conversation and knowing with God that it's not going anywhere that it's a blessing because people can be, you know, they have problems, they have mistakes, but also the same as at time, you need to know who to talk to and also who not to talk to. And then at the same exact time, I had to learn all these different things and what type of relationship that I'm in and I'm going into with God. So I pray that this opened up your eyes and just a little snitted of just a small portion of what I thought how I 
had been able to sit there and say and know who God is for myself and how this part of the book of Job had an intro, but the intro was so compact. And even with the dialogue between him and his wife, it it just, you know, it spoke volumes. And sometimes we need to pause and go into the chapters and really look at, go back and see what happened for we to learn that, hey, we got to be careful who, what spouse we pick. We got to be careful of the friends we pick. Family members know you can't pick them, but also the same exact time. We need to make sure they don't have access to certain things. You have to have boundaries psychologically. You need to be able to understand and comprehend that the enemy can be deceptive and he can sit there. And because of the, you know, family members lifestyle or spouse or what have you, they can give you bad advice. And you need to know how to address it. You need to know how to immediately put it to bed and rest. So I pray this this had uh, pretty much expounded on a little bit of what Job went through and when it started and how it started. But it also gives us a glimpse of how our, if you're married, how your spouse is supposed to be uplifting to you and not critical or or tearing you down, but also at the same exact time, whatever type of relationship, whether it's friends, family members, um, even down to some of the co-workers, the ones that you are considered friends and family, you need to have boundaries and you need to set your guidelines and restrictions against those. Because I'm telling you, uh, whatever comes out of a man's heart and mind, you're going to see it. And the mouth speaks volumes too. Amen. So if you don't know the Lord today, please go with me to Romans. And if you want to receive him in your life, don't hesitate. Don't sit there and say, well, I have time. No, tomorrow is promised to no one. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It's promised to no one. Don't don't wait. Accept God today. Accept his son today into your life, into your heart, to your mind and your soul. Don't sit there and think that, hey, you know, well, no. God is the reason for all of us to sit there and say, thank you, Lord, for one more day. He's the reason for the season every year. It's not Satan. It's not, you know, Beelzebub, whatever. Uh, you know, name that his name is above all names. Amen. And it says it in Romans 10, 9, and going down to the 13th verse, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that that call upon him. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I'm going to tell you like I mean it. This is just the beginning. Once you start forgiving, asking God for forgiveness for your sins and letting him come into your life. This is a beginning. This is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We need to start realizing that. And it it builds from there. And, and God will help you to take away all the different things that is going to 
go into your life. Now, some of the things God will let it remain. And like Apostle Paul, he had a thorn inside. I don't know what his thorn was, but he let it remain to keep him humble and to keep him where God can be able to still reach him. And he may do that for you also. So we need to be keen on that and learn from the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost also. Now, I'm going to say this. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you heard thus far, please like and follow and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon, and Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and other major platforms such as YouTube. You can enjoy this and much more. If you do really do love, love, love us, leave a five-star rating. This will help us reach more people. And if you have any questions, comments, you can find me at L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A at unapologeticprofit.org. Let me say that one more time. L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A at U-N-A-P-O-L-O-G-E-T-I-C-P-R-O-P-H-E-T dot O-R-G. That is our new email. Please leave some more questions and comments and also some ideas or, or discussions that you would like to be able to kind of talk about or have me to talk about and dialogue with me. Also, like I said, you know, even if it's criticism or a positive comment, please leave it there. Also, come and find me on Facebook at It Is Written, and it's L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Once again, It Is Written, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. It has been my pleasure to just be able to talk to you with God and talk to you having the Holy Spirit on the Holy Ghost with us and being able to hear from him and having his son to intercede on our behalf. And it's just so many different things that we can learn in the book of Job, as well as all the other books in the Bible. But it's up to you to open up what God has given you. Amen. I pray this helps you. And I hope And I pray that all things work together for our good. Amen. And I thank you so much for listening. Once again, for our new listeners, thank you for the ones that are giving me a chance. Thank you. And for the ones that's been with me from day one, I appreciate you and I thank you. Keep us posted on so many different things and let us know how you are doing. And also let us know, that if this is helping you or, you know, you need more content, let us know. All right. Thank you so much. And it has been my pleasure. Kanom sumida. Anyong.